0: Gracious hosts, unique lodging, and tasty cuisine. New Mexico bed and breakfasts are New Mexico true. Our innkeepers are as special as New Mexico, and we're sharing their stories. Read about them and plan your trip at nmbba.org. Hey, everybody. It is time to go to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Uh, We have Ryan Miller back on the show. Ryan and his wife own and run Bobcat Inn. In Santa Fe, New Mexico, the capital city. You can go to bobcatin dot com. And we love this show because we get to chat with innkeepers every single month and they really are like the inside scoopers. Dude, that sounds interesting, right, Ryan? You're an yeah, inside scooper. Definitely. How does that feel? Yeah. <laughs> but you guys do. But- I'm
1: better than you know, any other kind of scoopers i guess i know yeah <laughs> i
0: know i'm just uh, there's a cat around the corner where i am and i'm like that's not the kind you want to be but yeah, but uh but, totally. no, but really i think you know innkeepers always know what's going on you guys are like the the um you know you if there's gossip going on you guys know too don't you <laughs> <laughs> we try
1: to, I try to stay out of the gossip part but yeah I guess I guess we do yes
0: <laughs> everybody wants a little gossip but santa Fe you know when you think about santa Fe um, in winter what's it like for people because I you guys just got snow or, or is that somewhere else that
1: yeah we had snow for? about a week ago last last Friday so almost a week ago we had about eight to 10 inches depending where you were in town and uh, it's a little earlier than we normally get snow but we always do get those freak early snowstorms and the freak late ones in April and some. Sometimes early May. Uh, But the snow is uh, extremely gorgeous here. Uh, You don't get that old, gross, goopy, you know, gray snow alongside the road here just because it either melts so quick or that it's pushed off so far off the road that it's still white and then the trees just hang with white and it just looks so pretty i love when it's snows like a day or two before christmas and uh, everything is uh, white outside but yeah we definitely get snow uh not as much snow as we used to get 20 years ago but we definitely get snow uh
0: it's uh, pretty with the buildings with the adobe you know oh it's um, pretty it's uh, very pretty yeah, yeah. now with Getting there, because that's the other thing, is people traveling going, oh, snow, am I going to get in trouble getting to Santa Fe if snow hits?
1: Uh, No, not at all. The um, the state and the uh, county and the city do a pretty darn good job um, taking care of the roads, making sure they're clean. Uh, We live right on a state road, so it's actually nice. We're on the old Route 66 Frontage Mm -hmm. Road. um, And uh, we usually, if it snows overnight by 9 or 10 in the morning, it is clear clear mm. sailing all the way and we have people leave early to the airport they tell us like you know the roads are clear once they get mm. you know once they get on the highway everything's nice and clear
0: mm. and we're, we're
1: miles from the highway here so it's and the really...
0: airport where is the best airport for people to fly um, there's an airport right something.
1: in santa fe which is a small airport mm. it's it's a little airport but i love flying out of there if i can get enough advance notice uh mm. but then there's also albuquerque airport and albuquerque okay. airport is, i call it more of a medium-sized airport probably about the 40 gates Santa Fe's got four gates so um wow. so yeah. uh Santa but both both are great uh Santa Fe airport is just nice it's 20 minutes away from almost anywhere in town it's just nice mm. and easy to get in and out of the only mm. downfall of Santa Fe is there's only like four or five flights in and four or five flights out a day it's not like Albuquerque where there's flights leaving every but
0: that minutes. means you have a quieter sky which is nice
1: yes yeah. yes you yeah, have a quieter <laughs> so sky
0: You got to have that quiet and calm, and um, you know. I was thinking with the New Mexico Bed and Breakfast Association about how many inns do you think you have in Santa Fe? In
1: Santa Santa Fe, fe we're sitting right around um, eight to nine. um, Some that are no longer traditional uh, B and Bs; they went to just inns where they're just providing a room. Um, But we're sitting around eight between eight and ten. I don't know the exact number, but in our B and B association, I believe there is seven or eight of us in the b Association in Santa Fe. And
0: and but, then you've got Albuquerque, which isn't too far either.
1: Albuquerque. And there's a couple of inns. There's one or there's two new ones that opened up in mm-hmm. Albuquerque, which uh, is really exciting. Um, one a little smaller, one a little bigger, um, but really exciting. We lost a bunch of inns from 2019 forward, not just because of the pandemic, just because people are changing the way they're doing their business. So, um, but we got some more inns back. So that was awesome. Um-
0: I'm glad to hear that you're excited about that because I think that's something that folks should know is like if someone calls you and, and maybe you don't have a room, you're going to call another in from the association and know this is the kind of in, if you're looking to stay with me, this is probably the kind you want to go to here, right? And you're also different though, at, at the same time, when I go on the website, um, nmbba.org, everyone. um I mean it's you could go from one every time you go to New Mexico stay at a different inn for a new experience.
1: Definitely, definitely. One of uh some of the strengths of our inn are going out and doing stargazing. It's quieter at our inn because we're not right in the downtown area. Um, you know, you can sit out in our patio and it's just quiet listening to the koi pond and the waterfall and uh not have all the noise and light pollution that you have downtown. Doesn't have much mm-hmm. we don't have much noise and light pollution downtown because of our ordinances. Um mm-hmm the stargazing anywhere in Santa Fe is awesome, but it is amazing where we're at. And mm-hmm. the other thing that's nice way, if somebody wants to be able to, you know, walk home from the bar, we can refer them to five inns that are right downtown. So there's, there's <laughs> a lot Uber. of mix and match <laughs> where, you know, we always say we're not the place where you want to stay if you want to roll home from the bar, but you yeah. know, if you're going to bring your scotch and your whiskey and hang out here. You can do that all you want, uh, or your wine or whatever you're going to drink. You can do that all oh, you so want. Oh, so
0: that's good. Okay. Yeah, you, yeah. you said wine. I'm there. <laughs> instant, I'm there. I'm there. Now, listen. Yes. You... Well, I love that you're taking us around the end today. This is cool. So we're in different <laughs> rooms. So every few seconds, we're going to move. Um, but I the... want to know what was for breakfast today, because that so... is a big part of having a bed and breakfast is serving breakfast.
1: So breakfast today, and and I'm I'm one of those innkeepers that doesn't keep a a, st- a static menu every month or every week. Um, I change it up, and I do it mostly driven on dietary restrictions or food allergies. But this morning it was blue corn pancakes, and uh, mm-hmm. made a little southwest scramble with it, and our normal fresh fruit yogurt granola that goes you know that we always have every day and but the blue corn pancakes had a um, orange maple glaze on top and oh my gosh they're really good the color that you get out of the pancakes is just so cool the blue that that blue corn makes is like a smooth like almost pastel blue Um, like it, so it's really cool. And then on the edges, you get these, these brownish blue rings, um, just, just ever so slightly. And, um, it's just good and you get the nutty taste and, um, it's totally a taste of, um, New Mexico.
0: Now that's where, and you get pine nuts too. Do you? Guys, yes, so um,
1: sometimes I put uh, pinon nuts on top or I bake them in it. And um, mm. this time I didn't because I have two nut allergies in the end. So I, oh, okay. I couldn't do that. Um, every once in a while, we run into nut, nut allergies and we got to cook for those allergies. But normally, I do um, toast some pinon nuts and put it on top or I just put it right inside the um, pancake. So uh, Cool. But, but today, hey. we just put some extra fresh fruit that we had on top. Which was uh, what was it this morning? I think I put blueberries on top of it. Oh well, yeah. Blueberries are really good on top of those pancakes as well. But that orange, that orange maple glaze is is really good that we make.
0: Mm. Ooh, it sounds good. Yes, you know, maple syrup uh, week happens or something in December. There's a maple syrup That's day it. or something. Yeah, I did
1: not even know that. So I, get... you
0: know, we we do weird things here. We learn about all these holidays we didn't know. about. I didn't about... even
1: know about that. But we yeah. we get fresh maple syrup and uh from up in our from our northern friends in canada is where it comes from and uh it's it's good and then we always have other options like i i like i like maple syrup on my pancakes but sometimes i just have a hankering for honey since i'm a beekeeper and Mm. i just drizzle honey on my my personal pancakes that's right so
0: do you actually i know that you're a beekeeper and and for guests to know that you're safe you know you're not going to be swarmed by africanized honeybees or something Uh, crazy. i just want to bring that up to people yeah yeah. Um, but being a beekeeper, you get to actually harvest your own honey for the year? Yes, yes, I do.
1: Oh. Um, yes, Ooh, I do. So I, I harvest and I sell it at the end. Um and we also um next year we're gonna be working on bee pollen. We've never done bee pollen yet. Um so um we we have fun with that. And that's that's my fun. My grandfather was a beekeeper and uh so they say beekeeping skips a generation and everybody I've talked to, it's pretty true. And really uh, so, you know, huh. your grandfather, or your grandmother was a beekeeper. And then, you know, the grandkids are beekeepers. So it's kind I think of a- you
0: need you yeah. need a shirt with the bees on it now. You need bee patches. I have,
1: <laughs> I probably have about 10 or 12 beekeeping t-shirts, <laughs> but I should get them to make patches. And I, yeah. you know, you told me that I think I'm going to ask them to make some patches for me. Yeah,
0: you need, you need bee yes. patch. Do, do you gonna, name your bees? Do you like... Oh, no,
1: I don't name my bees. That's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Some well, you don't want to be babies. attached
0: to them because that could hurt, but yeah, death, they don't them. all do that, do they? Bees. They don't What's all that? sting you. Bees. Like- oh,
1: no. No, I mean, I've got stung a couple times this year, but you know, I'm in the hives when I'm getting stung. Mm-hmm. I'm not wa- walking around them or walking around the property. I'm not getting stung. You see them fly around, but um they're pretty far from the inn. They're not near. They're not exactly. real close to the inn or the patio. We have 10 acres here. They're on the other side of the property, so I take the trek several times about once to two times a week and check on a couple hives every every so often and uh, it's fun it's fun we and, and what happens it, in
0: the winter do they go sleepies
1: So no they stay um, they stay they're perfectly awake they don't hibernate really they're sitting in the in the in the in the hive and they're they they ball up together because that's how they create heat for each other and then the queen yeah. is in the middle think of it as a big basketball and the queen wow. is in the middle. Now, there's frames in between them, but that's how they, they, and they vibrate, and that's how they keep their bodies warm, and that's how they keep the hive warm. And wow. um, so, and you bees You never only know did...
0: what you're going to learn from innkeepers, I'm <laughs> telling you.
1: <laughs> so, I can wow. talk bees all day long.
0: <laughs> I love it, though, but I love it, and, and bees yes. are so important to our world, you know? Yes. And then, being an innkeeper, doesn't that kind of, you know, think about doing the in key, uh, the, the beekeeping, the innkeeping the beekeeping right the, uh, the scooping don't forget that <laughs> but, I mean, um, also, uh, but also but um, also being with this 10 acres and also being in a very historic city I mean really it, it is mm-hmm. like you know the capital city and you know you think about all the history that went down in Santa Fe. It's crazy. Oh it's complicated, it it's complex. It's incredible. Um, history lovers, art lovers, obviously it's, it's a city over. of the arts. Yeah. Um, but do you feel like as an innkeeper, um, a connection to the land and, and, um, that you, you are not only a steward of the land, but steward of the history and the culture of the area by innkeeping and telling people, you know, where to go, how to, you know, what yeah, to experience, so- I should say
1: so we we've owned our in about 8 years and you know you feel it takes a couple of years to really get get the feel of of everything and and understand it all and and, ex, and then you got to get out there and experience it all and um mm-hmm. it, it, there's nothing that there's no better teacher than experience in my opinion and uh being good, a good steward and telling people where to go um, and what to see and what to experience is really important. And not every guest is going to come through that door wanting to go hike and go hike or go, go visit Chamayo and go visit the, the sacred church mm-hmm. in Chamayo. But there's a lot of guests that want to go to that sacred church in Chamayo or are going to make a visit to Taos or, um, want to go see the church architecture in Santa Fe. Um, so you just got to feeling out each guest and finding out what they enjoy is, is kind of a big thing for us. And, um, how we do it is I just, you know, I say, Hey, what brings you here? And then they, then they, they just start talking and then, you know, and then there'll be a nugget of something they're really interested in. Like, I just had a guy here over the weekend. He was super interested in civil war, um, history. Oh, wow. And we have two civil war battle sites, um, here in New Mexico, one in, uh, Pecos, New Mexico. Oh, one say, in, uh, Pecos, uh, Yeah. Later. We've
0: done shows on Pecos and that's yeah. amazing. And fort if you've got Fort um, union too. Yes. Not too far. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um. So, um. He, uh. So he was super interested in that. So I talked to him a lot about that, and I gave him some pointers and things to look at. That if you if you just read the the literature that we have available online or in books, you're not going to know. Like just little little tips and little things that he can find. I even told him we had a um, we have a, an old uh, Japanese internment camp here in Santa Fe, um, from back during World War II. Wow. And um, I, you know. It's a very sad time in history, but very important part of history that he, he didn't even know about. And, um, and had he not known about it, he would have never visited it. So, you know, I try to give people those little nuggets that are really kind of fun and people that, you know, they'll, they'll stay here for a few days. Maybe they'll go stay in Taos or they'll go stay in Albuquerque or they'll go up and stay in Durango. I know little nuggets about all those places and I say, Hey, well, while you're up in Taos, go see this, you know, go see this park. Cause it's named after, you know, Kit Carson, you know, or yeah, something yeah. like that. I've um, been to that part. <laughs> it's really cool. Uh, so, you know, I like to, I like to, I, I always say, you know, I like to look, find the off the beaten path things and um, you know, not the, not all the things that everybody wants to see, but the off the beaten path thing. So I'll say, Hey, while you're up in, you know, Abiquiu, go see this extra fun thing at the ghost ranch that not many people know about. and, people are telling me about things that I don't even know about at least on a monthly basis. And they'll share like things about the caldera. Somebody told me about some stuff about the caldera recently that mm-hmm. I had no clue about. And uh, so, and oh, I had wow. some really interesting people here a couple of weeks ago and um, they were all um, pretty spiritual people and um, they were really into the spiritual parts of things. And they told me about that, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, one of the weird, unique things is the blue Tiffany box from Tiffany's Jewelry mm. actually came from a mine right outside of downtown Santa Fe, um, 10 miles outside of downtown Santa Fe. That's where the Tiffany brothers found the color for their Tiffany blue.
0: Wow, weird, no, weird, no way. But that's yeah. cool. Everybody loves it. That's, you know, it, it's that is the stuff that we all want. That's We want yeah. those unique things. And, and that, you know, you have a story to share with people. You're, you, when you come up, hey, I, I went here, I saw that, or I was near this, you know. And when I think of Santa Fe's history, like when you think about it in World War II history, the Japanese yeah. internment, you've got to think Gallup is around the corner from you. And yeah. you've got to think about the Navajo code talkers and that yeah. history, World War II history that was part of it. But even the Civil War, people don't realize how much the Southwest played a role in the Civil War. In fact, oh, south, south of it has helped actually stop it. And,
1: and... Yeah, I mean, the, the atomic bomb, you know, as sad as Oh, we it forgot. Is, oh,
0: we can't. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's a big deal right now, yeah, right? was done right, right in Los
1: Alamos. And, um, but I have, a, um, I have a friend that was in uh, – fr- well, he's a friend of mine, but he's also a neighbor of mine. His father, who lives in um, Pasadena, I believe he's one of the – he's the last or one of the last um, uh, Japanese – um people that was in the Japanese bada- um, battalion in the army that was during World War II. And he goes around doing talks. And he stayed here a couple times. And he is just the most fascinating man. His name is Yosh Nakamura. And he is the most fascinating man. It's back when they, you know, the option was to either go into fight battle or go to an internment camp. He chose to go fight battle for the United States in the country that he loved. And it was okay. just such a it, it he, the things that he's told me in the story just the the little tiny niblets of stories that he's told me and he's an artist too but the little niblets of stories that he's told me and he lives in california but his son lives literally right down the road he's like three houses down the down the road from our inn wow. and and on uh, a road that goes right through our property so mm-hmm. um you know you, you get all these little niblets and all these little things and you know weird connections to new york city and weird connections to la and weird connections to you know, countries in Europe or Australia, it's just the fascinating, weird things. I, and, but I'm, I'm full of useless facts. I always say that and that and a smile will get me a half a cup of coffee one day. And but, and
0: pancakes with honey Yeah, and, and yeah.
1: pancakes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and honey and honey. Well, you know, but this is yeah. the fun thing about travels. Do you start to realize how big the world really is and how small yes. you really are? And then you realize how small the world is too. Right. So it's, yes. just, it's, it's yes. kind of this crazy thing that happens when you travel. Um, you know, Santa Fe too. You were talking about the spiritual side. You have the cathedrals. You've got all these churches, and so on the spiritual side, when you think about winter holidays, it's got to be like an extra dose of magic. In Santa well, there, Fe and there's there's a lot of
1: healers in Santa Fe too. So we have a lot of alternative healers in Santa Fe. Um, there's a, there's a lot of um, people that travel here to to uh, work with the healers and. Help them with their health and with their other things, like their souls and their, you know, their path in life and stuff, uh, and the, those kind of cool. things.
0: That's cool. Now, um, yeah. during the winter season, we talked a little bit about snow. Okay, food is yeah. always happening in Santa Fe. I don't care; it, it's this, oh, that's yes. a thing. But you can actually order Christmas on Christmas day. <laughs> <laughs> so Christmas
1: and the green red chili. I always get Christmas when I go out because. I don't know what my mood's going to strike me number 1 and I don't know what um I always don't know what how smoky or how hot the food's going to be so I like to have both you know, and I'm the, I'm a both kind of person. You know, I lean green chili, but you know, you gotta have your red chili too, depending on what you're eating.
0: And, yeah, uh, I, and yeah, because you can have, you know, both sides of the fork, you know. Yes. You just, what, <laughs> I like that. It's like this side is red, this side's green, and then you yes. can mix them if you want and see what happens, but you know and then but you gotta have your
1: pozole more... over Christmas.
0: Oh yeah, Pozole is a big deal. Yeah. It's a big that's deal something over you Christmas. don't see everywhere, you know?
1: Yeah. And um and a pozole is so vastly different depending on the family you came from or depending on where what you like. And you would think, how how many ways can you cook corn? Well, there's 3,000 ways you can cook pozole. I mean, I was looking up some pozole recipes because I was thinking about doing something like that for Christmas for my uh, friends and family. And I was like, wow, this is overwhelming. And, um, you know, I found one that I kind of like, but, you know, it's it's just, you know, how many ways can you do that? And the Bisciccito cookies, that's another big thing. Oh, that's right, that's, that's right. Cookie.
0: And, yeah, and everyone, January 6th is uh, New Mexico's um, anniversary of statehood, yes. right? It's January yes. 6th. Wow. Can I, see, I'm, use, I'm full of useful, useless facts.
1: Yeah, I think it's 100. This year will be the
0: 105th year, I think. Oh.
1: We just wow. celebrated our 100th year a couple of years ago. I, 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 I think it's nine. Nineteen, no, maybe it's nineteen twenty-one. I forget the the exact year, but well, it's Uh, it's
0: Santa Fe and New Mexico is getting old, yeah, in a good way, in a good way, um, aging nicely and grace gracefully. Um, but the biscochito is something to make over oh. Christmas too, right? You can do that yeah. over the holidays.
1: Yeah, over the holidays. And we do a New Year's Eve celebration here in, in the city. And, um, you can get free biscochito, coffee and hot chocolate at the celebration. And the biscochitos are, I personally, um, I, I'm in, somewhat involved in the, uh, or in the, Organize and, and run it, and helping, um, helping with the New Year's Eve celebration. And, uh, it's just such a fun, it's a fun celebration. We raise a Zia symbol. Um, so it, it's kind of, we, we try to do the opposite. We don't drop something, we raise it and we ah. raise a Zia symbol, but it also, a Zia symbol represents the sun. So, uh, and that's where you cool. can get your biscuit Cheetos right on the plaza, made by a local family, not made by a company. So, what about
0: uh, tamales over tamales? the holidays?
1: So, um, yes, tamales are a big thing over Christmas. Um, tamales, I've made tamales personally myself and tamales are a lot of work, but they are very good. So, you know, a lot of people
0: don't, (laughs) yeah, they're
1: they're very good. Tamales are fun to make, but it's, it's a lot of work. So, you know, when you make tamales, you got to make, you know, 50 to a hundred of them and freeze them because it's just, it takes four to six hours to make that many. And, uh, it's just if you're going to make them the right way. There's other shortcut ways, but we, you know, when we make them, we make them the right way, down to the corn husk and down to the masa. You know, you can't make a tamale without lard. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, the masa, yeah. the masa and the pozole. When you think about the maize, right, and the corn, yes. and, and even the cornmeal uh, pancakes, aren't there also different varieties of corn and maize to use, print? yes so there depending are. on the farmer and things like that doesn't that get into that whole equation of like now what there's so much so many yeah ways. and that
1: that does play into it you know depending on the soil um some people like to um um use blue corn with it and i've seen that done and it's interesting i've wow. never actually tasted it i saw it and it's beautiful it's pretty but um the, the normal yeah. pozole is that pale white you know the pale pastel yeah. white but um pozole is like a religion around here um uh, you know, and, and, you know, you every, like I said, every family's got their recipe that's mm. been passed down. Through well, the
0: last time we were in Santa Fe, we had like a, it was like a stew, a little bowl with pork, and it had like a tomato chili kind of base. That's like, probably it's, a
1: green chili stew. Usually there's pork in it, sometimes bacon. Yeah, and,
0: and the pozzoli was big, chunky, chunky, kind of chewy goodness. It was, you yes, know, the texture. Yes. You don't want to, you want that chew in there so it's not mush. Sometimes, it was sometimes
1: when, People make green chili stew. Jeez, they put the pozole corn in it, and then obviously just the plain pozole. But a good green chili stew when it's cold out, man, warms you up like crazy. And um, mm-hmm. there's places that I people come and say, "I want green chili," you know. Okay, go here and here and here, and then uh, they go they go get that. Okay, we're
0: chili. gonna. This brings us back to the the chocolate lady. The um, it begins with a K, and you guys Taco always what? have to Yeah, the the there's a chocolate place where. Uh, she has all those elixirs, the chocolate elixirs. Yes, that's
1: cacao and- chocolates. We we actually oh. get all chocolate and all of our chocolate packages from uh, Kakoa here
0: in town. It's amazing that one. I'll never forget that chocolate, and it wasn't even. It's not hot chocolate. It was like something that the Mayans drink, or something the Aztecs or the Mayans, yes. and and I had that, and I was like, I was pumped up, man, and it was yeah. summer. And I was jacked. <laughs> I kept running, man. I could do the, the Rocky Steps in, in, in PA if I had to. They, they, so
1: they opened, uh, that's where I'm from, is Pennsylvania. That's so, right. Uh, that's
0: right. I remember, so, yeah. But
1: they just opened another Kakawa chocolate shop here in Santa Fe, um, a whole new production facility, um, which is allowing them to do a lot more, invent a lot more new things. Uh, really cool. If you're in Massachusetts, there's a Kakawa in Salem, Massachusetts as well. Wow. Uh, Kind of a weird, weird connection there. Um, the reason I know that is my wife loves Halloween and uh, Dia de los <laughs> Muertos, so um, that's why I know that there's one there. And um, it's it's fun, and we get our chocolate, all of our chocolate packages there. I mean, the chocolates that when I go in there are so cool. Um, you know, like I lately I've been getting ones that are red chilies that are half dipped in chocolate with a with a red chili powder that they're dipped in then and they're just so it, it, it they they do such good things and they they just constantly reinvent what they're doing and how they're doing it so
0: wow all right so this is this is a dangerous conversation we've got honey we've got like pozole we got tamales we got christmas style chili we got the hot chocolate we okay so now and what you gotta about, have your um,
1: faralitos outside too.
0: oh the Tell yes oh go back so, to that story remind so faralitos
1: are uh, i think i told the story last year but the faralitos yeah. are the um are the um are the little bags with the lights in them. Luminarias is what they're known with, uh, outside of New Mexico. They're called, known as luminarias. So a ferralito, but a luminaria here is a bonfire. And during uh, New Year's Eve, we, we do those bonfires right on the plaza. So it's, it's really fun. And it's really, uh, but the ferro, the, um, the Feralitos are, um, it's it's just cool you you they're all up now when you're driving down the road or walking down the road they're just everywhere on canyon on canyon road on christmas eve night is the uh, farolito walk and it is just so pretty and just so it, it's bu- very busy but it's just so pretty and a lot of the galleries most of the galleries stay open on that night to uh to welcome people in and they'll have like a a thing of hot chocolate there or some wine or something like that. So people can do that. And that's, that's been a tradition for hundreds of years in in Santa Fe to have the Farolito walk. And it's been, it, it just gets bigger and bigger every year.
0: Oh so, man, that's
1: cool. Yeah. And then, but you see Farolitos everywhere. I mean, the Farolitos were on the, I, I, last night I had to go pick up my father-in-law at the hospital and there was Feralitos right on the hospital building and you know, they're, they're all over the place here. So,
0: what about um you got the Faralitos and you've got the, like the snow could happen. But what amazed me about being in Santa Fe was the national forest was literally your backyard. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was even a ten, fifteen minute drive if that up the mountain to the forest. But uh, yeah, so it's not in, far. But in the winter time, is there skiing up there? Like in oh, the Oh yeah,
1: there's skiing. So we uh we have ski slopes in Santa Fe. There's a uh, world-class skiing in Taos. Taos Peak is 13,000 feet. Santa Fe's Peak is 11,000 feet. Uh, there's Santia Ski Area that's down near Albuquerque. It's a smaller ski area, but it's really pretty. Uh, there is the other ski areas, uh, Angel Fire. It's the only lit um, ski area in the state. Uh, all the other ski areas are not lit, so you got to go during the day. Um, there's Sipapu. Um, there's Pajarito, Red River. I mean, we have a lot of ski areas in Santa Fe. I mean, the neat thing about Santa Fe that I think is cool is if you start in the north section of Santa Fe and then you work your way down to all the way to Las Cruces, you can experience four seasons in January and you can ski and then you can go, hang out and feel like warmer temperatures just south of Albuquerque. And then you can almost have summer temperatures in the southern part of the state in January. So that is that to me, that's just so cool that you can do that. It's like California where you can mm-hmm. do that kind of stuff and experience that. And ski is different than back East. I'm from the back back East where everything is ice skiing. Mm-hmm. Everything out here is powdery, fluffy and really easy on your joints and on your body.
0: I I remember going to the Poconos. I think it was. Yep,
1: that's where I'm from.
0: Yeah. Well, you guys, it's too cold. Listen, you need to stop it. And I remember going. I know. I kept telling them, like, it was November, and we got, we went to the top, and we're looking down, and I'm like, what is, what is this weather? What, why, (laughs) (laughs) why? And it hasn't done the snow yet, but it, this chill factor, like, it's that humidity.
1: It's that cold, wet. It's That's the, when I wet, realized I'm, fields, I'm aging. That, it feels like it's getting to your bones, and yeah, you know yeah. I've gotten I've turned into more of a fair weather person. I used to love the winter, but by about January, I'm I'm done. By the end of January, early February, I'm ready for spring. I still love snow. I love to look at it. I love to walk out in it like five ten times. But then I'm I'm kind of done with snow yeah. personally. But we get people that come through here that are ridiculous skiers. Um, we can go snow tubing here if you just want to pop your butt oh, in a tube. Now that's my style. In. Yeah,
0: that's, that's a my safer style thing too. For, yeah, that's a safer thing for yeah. Lisa. And, and then we, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: The most you're gonna do is roll out. Um.
0: Yeah, that's that, that's the best. I, I swear yeah. it, the Poconos told me, "Yes, you're aging. You're getting old." <laughs> And now you are going to be too
1: big. The difference is, is in the Poconos, it's ice skiing because everything's ice. It The freeze thaw, it falls, and it, it falls and then it freezes. So it turns into ice. Wow. Here it stays as powder because it stays cold up in the slope. Yeah. You know, and you can do a snowmobiling. I know some people that do snowmobiling here. We had a couple of people last year that um, maybe five, ten people, groups of people that did snowmobiling. Uh, horse, uh, not horseshoeing, jeez. Snowshoeing.
0: Snowshoeing. the snowshoeing
1: is, is a lot of fun and and snowshoeing off the beaten path I mean there's some set trails for snowshoeing that you can follow but we get a lot of guests that just like to go off the beaten path and they'll just go to a hiking area and start snowshoeing and they just they just have a blast because they can make their own trail and they're not walking in other people's trails and that's the mm-hmm. fun part where the wind we have here you know a lot of trails just get puffed over every night and you don't know that there was people walking on it the day before
0: mm-hmm. and, wow, and yeah
1: and again because we're not falling out and freezing and it's not getting hard, you know, you get a lot of puffy snow, fluffy snow flying all over the place. Pretty dope. So, yeah. That's pretty.
0: And it's pretty. Do you get yeah. snowbirds that come down from the north to come yes. out to warmer temperatures? Cuz we're so talking I'm about snow see- but it's like when we say snowbirds, we they know real cold like what we're talking about from Pennsylvania. Yeah, we
1: get the ones from the M states, Minnesota, Michigan, um yeah, Montana. Yeah. Um, Wyoming, uh, Colorado, Northern Colorado, we get a lot of snowbirds. We see them throughout, um, late January. I'm sorry, late, uh, November through about early January. We see the snowbirds come by and a lot of them just stay here. Some just stay here for a night, go have their uh, fill of chili and have their good, good cuisine here in Santa Fe. But we get some that stay two or three nights just to, just to chill and enjoy and kick back and relax, mm-hmm. uh, on their way to, uh, Arizona mostly. Um, some Mm -hmm. are going to Mexico but most of them are going to Arizona Uh, Mm -hmm. we're right off Route 25 so we see a lot of them that stop here for a night to uh, get their respite and some stay like I said for two or three nights to get a little bit more rest but we're kind Mm -hmm. of the midway point for a lot of them Mm -hmm. and when I say midway meaning the place that they stay for a while
0: that's nice though that's because there's so much to experience in Santa Fe from the art I mean to you know the history all the museums I mean there's just so much and um, you've got so much history of all the people, like you were talking about, even you know the Civil War history of these. And it's about yes. history is about people, you know. It's so yes. fascinating. You can get past if you don't like all the dates and timelines, just forget about them and just think about the people, like Georgia O'Keeffe. She, you know, there's all the mm-hmm. writers. Um, like Ben Hur was written at the Palace of, of the Governors. I mean, did yeah. I mean that's amazing when you think about it. And then you had yeah. Fremont coming through there, and Kit Carson, and so like yes. it, it's just this crossroads. Of amazing, um, it, amazingly
1: it's influential people,
0: it, it's yeah. insane. Like, but it's cool. Billy That's why it became a, I mean, Billy, Oh, we can't leave him out. Yeah. How
1: can we forget Billy the Kid? You know, he's, no. uh, Yeah. So he's he's uh very. Fam- he's got some. There's some very famous landmarks here that were related to his life. Um, alive, alive people right now. Uh, George R. 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 Martin, um, has mm-hmm. invested a lot in our community. He invested and helped the meow wolf get off the off the um get off the ground years ago he owns an independent theater here in santa fe and um, he shows independent movies and he'll show a lot of nostalgic movies throughout the year because he's not looking at it to make money he's looking at it to bring the culture back and Mm. him and two other people um one that owns the um oh what is it the uh the movie theater, Violet Crown, and then the person that um, started the dance, the big the dance studio here, they bought the railroad from the, the Spur Railroad from uh, Santa Fe to Lamy, and they run a train year round. Wow. And then at Christmas, they run the Santa Claus train, and they run all other kind of Christmas and holiday themed trains from downtown Santa Fe out to Lamy. And, uh, Wow. It's really cool. So the 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 alive people too is is just so, and and the stars can be people here in Santa Fe. That's the nice thing is, you know, you will be driving walking down the road and you know, oh, there's a uh, Robert Redford or there's blah blah blah, but they can be people here. They they generally don't get bothered here. Um, that's nice. That's that's, that's, that's nice. cool. And, you know, stars don't do anything for me personally. Um, but the nice thing about Santa Fe is they can just be a person. And you, the, a lot of them come into town over the holidays, and they mm. just blend right into the fabric of the community. And nobody that's even cool. knows who they are.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's, they are just people, you know, yeah. and, and could you imagine living like that, where, you know, paparazzi and people are just, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, I would know. Absolutely not. I would never want that lifestyle of no. constantly being seen. It's like you can't even go to the bathroom without a paparazzi trying to sneak in your window, you know? <laughs> and so it's nice for, you know, yeah. for a respite for everybody, but it is always fun having you on the show, Ryan. And I encourage everyone yes. again on NMBBA.org for the New Mexico bed and breakfast association. Um, Like you're hearing from Ryan, there's so much to experience all these just All these little things that make up the fabric of what is this land of enchantment, the state of New Mexico, and all these inns. Each have an amazing character and uh, amazing innkeepers who really do have a vast knowledge of uh, what to experience and, um, and uh, an obvious love for not only their inn, the building, the history of their inns, but also their community. So keep up with Ryan at go to BobcatIn.com. Thank, Thank you and happy holidays to you and, and New Year too. Enjoy that sun rising up
1: yes happy holidays and thank you very much for having me lisa i, I always uh, look forward to these uh talks
0: well now you, you always make me hungry so now i'm gonna have to go find some honey <laughs> and some peanut butter yes <laughs> That's i hear
1: I- you well when you get in town come by and get a bol- gl- or a jar of my honey one day so all
0: right cool day. thank you you too thank you gracious hosts unique lodging and tasty cuisine new mexico bed and breakfast are new mexico true Our innkeepers are as special as New Mexico, and we're sharing their stories. Read about them and plan your trip at nmbba.org.